Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is episode number 17. And today we're going to sit down with four soldiers from the U.S. Army. We sit down with Brian, who's a helicopter pilot, Jacob, who's a helicopter mechanic, Justin, who's an infantry, and Rachel, who's an MD. She's an optometrist. We actually were able to connect with them a couple weeks ago when we went skydiving with the U.S. Army Golden Knights, which was an amazing, amazing experience. And we connected with them because they're part of the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. And they're trying to generate more awareness uh, about the recruitment process of the Army and what the different opportunities are that exist they, uh, in the they military. They have a, a really, really cool team. They're, uh, they have CrossFitters, Powerlifters, uh, Strongmen. Strongmen. And basically, they're like the modern-day version of Captain America. They're they these are. fit, strong, good-looking people who go out. Are they? Why are they all good-looking? That must be a prerequisite must, for the has job. Has to be. But uh, they go out there and they show people, you know, the cool opportunities that are available in the army. And it actually really does remind me of that Captain America movie where they're sending him around all over the country to kind of to show how cool and and interesting and engaging it can be. So uh, I think and it was enriching. And enriching, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we talk about all of that. We talk about how they got started in the Army and what their roles were. How did some of them become captains? What are the biggest challenges they faced? Uh, their leadership roles and kind of what their recommendations are for becoming a great leader and a bunch of other stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ghost Strong Equipment. It's the best equipment in the game for powerlifting or general fitness training. They can make pretty much anything that you ever dream of. They can customize your logo. They can customize your colors. They're amazing quality and their team is phenomenal. They'll hook you up with whatever you need and um, have amazing customer service because they have amazing people behind. I was just going to say, and they're also the best people around. Yep. They're awesome. Tim is the best ghost everything about them customer service like you said they're just on top of it and uh they bring a level of quality to fitness equipment that i th personally think is is unmatched i agree with that with no more further ado is that how you say it without further ado without, without further ado <laughs> are you saying without further ado do ado ado without further ado really yeah you've i been, always say do you've been living a lie oh my god Without further ado, I hate that. I'm never saying that again. Honestly, I hated, I hated this entire interaction. Please sit back and enjoy our podcast. <laughs> Why don't we start there? Why don't we start at uh, introduce yourself, say your name, last name, and what you do uh, at the Army? Sure. My name's uh, Brian Harris. I'm a captain in the U.S. Army, and my official title is I'm an aeromedical evacuation officer. So... I'm like a medical service corps officer, but I was trained to fly helicopters. So, um, like the culmination of my job was to like lead a medevac platoon into like combat where if guys get in trouble or get hurt and whatnot, then we get a, we get a phone call and then we'll get in the helicopter and launch to go fly and pick them up and bring them back to like the nearest, uh, surgical team. My name is uh, Jacob Faff. I'm a specialist. My job is, uh, Helicopter repair, uh, 15 Tango. I work exclusively only on Black Hawk helicopters, what Brian flies. I just do like main component switches. I don't work on like engines specifically or like any of the electronic stuff. So it's just like the main components. Cool. I'm Justin Loy. I'm a specialist and my primary job is infantryman, which is like 
what you generally think of when you think of anything with the army, like shooting guns, kicking down doors and stuff. Unfortunately, I haven't got to do that yet. Um, I never got deployed when I was at my last duty station. So we would just train. Um, right when I left for the team, they got deployed and they've been in uh, Iraq for, I think, close to nine months now. Are so. you relieved that you never got deployed? Or? Um, or yes you, and or no. Really wanted to? I, I wanted to at first. And then as I got closer to the end of my first contract, I was kind of like, eh, if I do, if, it'd be cool. If not, whatever. But I think it's something that like everybody in the military should probably experience at least once. Mm -hmm. You yeah. feel like you still serve the country, your country? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, continue, and they're continuing to now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rachel Schreiber, I'm a captain in the Army as well, and I'm an optometrist. And I pretty much do the same thing as a civilian optometrist, except I think it's better. I don't have to deal with kind of all the billing, the insurance, the money side of things, the selling the glasses, that kind of aspect. I'm just treating my patients to the best way I know how. Um, and also the military scope of practice is a lot bigger than a lot of the different states. So that's also a super cool aspect of being a military optometrist versus a civilian. That's uh, that's kind of nice. I feel like the biggest headache with a lot of those things, whether it's PT or Cairo or any sort of like medical profession, is dealing with insurance. Like that's what all you guys complain about, right? When you yeah, practice. yeah. My classmates complain about all, that all the time. Dealing with insurance, having to do your your notes, your billing, and how complicated that gets. Yeah. Don't you feel like they didn't really teach us the business side of things in school? We just learned how to be the best doctor, and then you get out in the real world, and you're like, now what? How do I get clients? <laughs> Absolutely. And we had we had one business class, and I remember the professor came in, and, and I hold on. The professor came in, and she's like, finally, I'm so excited after 16 years of graduating, I finally finished paying my uh, student loans. And I'm like, oh, 16 years? Oh my God, what did I get myself into? And then apparently she just says that to every single class. Like every year, every yeah, semester? I told that to Bill, to one of my good friends who graduated two classes earlier. And he's like, oh no, she said the same thing to my class. Yeah, I mean, that's actually why I joined the Army, is because I was afraid of that same thing, never being able to pay off my loans. I heard all these horror stories of doctors 56 years old still paying the loans off and I was like I don't know that's no. not for me <laughs> so what did you what did, why did you guys join the army what made you do it uh I guess in high school I was like a high school athlete but I I was faced with like two options I could not play sports in college or I could go to like a very small school and I just wasn't that wasn't really what I wanted to do and the art the military like presented a challenge that it's like that unknown but I knew it would be a challenge that I wanted to like undertake so I joined the National Guard like right out of high school and then I kind of picked up that the guard would pay for my college if I started college so I rolled into college and it was just like a natural to join the ROTC program so when I I was doing ROTC simultaneously with college and when I finished college if you do ROTC it's like a guaranteed job so it just kind of one thing rolled into another and they told me hey you know we'll pay for all your flight training and teach you how to fly a helicopter. I was like, that sounds pretty cool. So I just kept going with it. What's the time commitment for ROTC while you're in college? Um, most every ROTC program is a little bit different, but the way most of them work is you'll have like PT. So like kind of inundate you to army, uh, like uh, day to day, like PT in the morning from zero six to zero seven, which is just like running, push ups, and sit ups, that kind of basic stuff. You'll do that like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you'll have like a class, like a normal college class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you keep up with that for all four years, they kind of set you on a path to commission as a United States Army officer. And then there's a, a bunch of different branches you can go into. So there's like medical fields, there's infantry, there's aviation. So they kind of are um, explaining all of those different options to you as you go through college. And then 
uh, your senior year based on like how you compare with your GPA and your fitness scores and whatnot, you'll get to put in a list of uh, what branch you most want and hopefully you get, get the one you want. And then they send you off to be trained in that. Wow. That, that sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I, I was looking into it because I have one of one of my good friends was enrolled in ROTC. Mm-hmm. Um, I never pursued it. My mom wasn't a big fan; like she was, she didn't support me at all. But it, I mean, the way he explained it, a lot of people are surprised at like how much control we actually have over a lot of that stuff. Like it's not just oh, you you put your name on the paper, like we got you now. It's <laughs> really no part of the army works quite like that. There's basically every job that you have in civilian culture within the army, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was something that was really cool when we were on that base doing the uh, stuff with the Golden Knights. They were saying that basically all the bases are set up so if something happened, you could basically close the doors off and just have a self-sustaining yeah. uh, community in there or a city, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, the line they pitch us always is there's there's like 150 job opportunities in the United States Army. so. tends to be like something for everyone you just kind of ask hey what are you into and then that usually relates directly to something you could do if you're into it how about yourself jacob um what made you join the army well i wasn't much of a school person so you don't look like one yeah (laughs) i'm not very smart uh no i I did try a college course after high school but i made like maybe two weeks into it and i was like no i can't do this and i'm from a small town so a lot of the jobs that are out there are more seasonal so i didn't want to like for the rest of my life work a seasonal job and then collect unemployment when I, I wasn't you know working so i literally just walked into the recruiting station and i walked down the hallway and some army guy like yelled at me and that's pretty much just like went from there like that's how i picked the army like he was the only dude that was like hey come in here and talk to me and i was like all right and then i just like started talking to him and, and here i am in the army they're they're really friendly <laughs> Yeah, in the army. I honestly, I was surprised. Nothing, nothing against you guys, but the idea that I have of the military and of soldiers is not what I see. Like this, you know, yeah. you see them as like You're just of boot ser- camp, serious all the time, like older people, <laughs> grumpy all the time, kind of thing. Well, that's a big reason too why we come to schools is a lot of kids they see us and they think we're like war heroes. Yeah. So a lot of uh, reason we go to schools is be more like get more personal with them and show them like we're not like rambo you know we are normal people like we have normal jobs you can make a career out of the army you can go to school like you can do normal stuff in the army like it's not always about like going to war and killing people so how about yourself um so i'm from central indiana and it's just like in the middle of a cornfield basically and uh when i got done with college i was kind of working into like doing some management stuff in agriculture and realized that like i was really bored with life and just wasn't going like I was getting everywhere, like with career that I wanted to do, but I was just bored and didn't have anything going. I'm like, I just want to get out out of here and go experience world more. And I was trying to think like ways to do that. And I had a couple of close, close friends going into the Air Force. So I was like, oh, I'll check into the army or check into the military, um, talk to all the branches. But the army seemed to be like the one that appealed to me the most, mainly because you can pick your job and they don't just like surprise you like, oh, you're going to do this. So, um, yeah, then I joined, had a little bit of trouble joining because um, I got in high school, I broke my ankle, so I had to get a waiver and everything, which took took a while. Um, and then got in and went to uh, went to Alaska, and that was an experience. Something, someplace I was like, oh, I'm never going to go to Alaska. And then I lived there for three years. So, um, what do yeah. you think of Alaska? So, it's a cool place if to like visit, but 
living there for that long is especially because I was up in like the middle of the state. So it's um, summer. So like summer daylight 24 hours a day and winter is day- darkness 24 hours a day. That's nuts. Yeah. So That's crazy. it is. It really messes with you. Um, it gets down. I think the coldest I saw it was like negative 65. Um, and we were doing a training exercise outside and that wasn't fun. Uh, but Anchorage is great because down there you got like the city. So you got a bunch of stuff going on and then you can go out like outside and or like go out into the mountains and stuff or you go down, you got like the bay and the peninsula and everything. So the dudes that are stationed down there like have it made. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was great. Cool. That's kind of what I've always heard. The people who, who live there, they want to get out, and then, <laughs> but everybody wants to go and check it out on vacation because it looks beautiful. Yeah. How about you? So yeah, kind of like we talked about before, I mean, the financial burden of going into that much debt, being kind of going through optometry school. Um, I reach, I'm actually on the health profession scholarship program, which is a special scholarship that supports you while you're in school. And then you owe a one-to-one service agreement post um, completing your doctorate program. Very cool. It's, totally it's, off topic, but have you guys, uh, well, go ahead. I was, gonna I was just going to say it's so interesting to see the contrast of how everybody gets, gets involved because mm-hmm. you have like you who just were like, uh, I'm going to walk into the recruitment center and some guy yelled at you and you're like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and yours is like this whole thought out process of avoiding the, all the annoying stuff in, in sort of civilian, uh, uh, medical. And you have Justin who wanted to experience more of the world. Yeah. Felt, you felt kind of lost in your life and didn't, didn't mm-hmm. really know what you wanted to do. Yeah. I think that's a reason why a lot of people join too. Absolutely. People they want to feel more purpose. They want to feel like structure. Exactly. It's kind of cool. It's like one decision kind of ends up opening all these different pathways. Like I, in high school, I liked sports, but I didn't like like strength and conditioning or fitness or anything, but joining the army, I've quickly learned like fitness is like a part of the culture. And if you were great at like doing the army PT test, then you stood out in a bunch of other areas. So I got really into like the gym and really into fitness. And then I ended up meeting like, you know, all these people, like it just one thing kind of led to another just from making one decision. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. What has been the biggest challenge that you, that you faced through joining the army? Um, I suppose like there's a bunch of different ones. I, th- I guess one of the, one of the challenges, especially as an officer, normally your first job, um, coming out of all your training and it's, it's kind of crazy, but they, they put the brand new like Lieutenant who just got trained up and everything in charge of like, usually a platoon of like 40 to 60 soldiers. And some of those soldiers may have been in the military already for like 10 to 17 years. So like, um, like an E seven who might be in the army, he's like about to retire in like two years and you're coming fresh, fresh, like out of school, out of college. And you're technically in charge of him and he has to like call you sir and stuff. So that's a really big like leadership challenge that you have that army officers have at a very young age that normally on the civilian side, it takes a little while before you're put in a position like that. So, um, it kind of usually goes one of two ways for like brand new lieutenants where they either quickly gain the respect of, of all those people. Um, and they're able to like, write the ship and, and be really successful or uh, they kind of all like mutiny on that lieutenant and he just kind of gets uh, pranked all the time and stuff. So I'm sure Justin's had a couple of both of those type of lieutenants. Yes. What um, happens in that situation? Do they, do, do, will they remove that lieutenant? Or? Yeah. So like battalion level leadership, which is like one level up, 
they're closely monitoring a lot of those companies and platoons. And, and if for if through several training exercises, they're seeing like, you know, that platoon or company just isn't performing well, they're not embracing that leader, then they can like kind of swap the, the guys around. And maybe that means, you know, that lieutenant or captain, he's only going to he's going to do his like two or three year commitment. And then the army's going to say, all right, thanks for your service. But like, we'll move on. But the guys who are super successful. They're going to kind of continue to be afforded opportunities. Yeah, it's like being a uh, a pro uh, sports coach. <laughs> yeah. So from you guys, you're a captain and you're a captain. Yes, ma'am. How did you guys get to that role? So it the ranking system, it works different for every different um, kind of job. For example, I my years in school counted as kind of years in service. So I actually entered as a captain. So I didn't have to start off as a lieutenant. And it kind of depends on your background, whether you have undergrad degree, um, doctorate, et cetera, or how many years you've kind of put in. And so are you in charge of a certain amount of people by being captain or it's just a, a, a ranking that you get through the, um, the amount of time you've spent in service? It depends um, in the health field. So as an optometrist, sometimes you'll work your way up to chief and then you'll have a few younger junior officers under you. I was actually one of the younger people. I was at West Point, which is a very kind of distinguished higher up um, base. So I was one of the lower officers there. And so I just had a few um, soldiers under me, nothing like um, Captain Harris did. In terms of leadership, I'm, I'm always curious. I, I read a book by Jocko Willens. I don't know if you like his oh, stuff, yeah. extreme, extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the, the most important characteristics to have as a, as a captain, as a leader? in the position that you're in yeah so like at this point in my career like all the higher level officers are saying like you really need to like define your kind of leadership philosophy and and kind of hold that true so it's something like i've tried to figure out what's right for me and i read a book recently and i can't remember the name but it was called the three s's of leadership and i think it's um servant steward and shepherd and so those are kind of been like the three things i latched on to is try to be like a steward of your profession. So, you know, look out for the good of whatever profession is. So like right now we're in army recruiting and we're supposed to be leaders in like the fitness field for the army. So like embrace that shepherd being like, you know, take care of the people that you're working with, like, and obviously servant uh, where, you know, you, you want to be a servant leader. So not just like out barking orders, but won't do anything with the people. So if, if you're going to ask someone to do it, make sure it's something you're willing to do yourself. So that's kind of been the three things I've tried to embrace, but I yeah. love that. How do you deal when, when someone's just not following your orders or not doing what they're supposed to do? Um, I mean, it's difficult. There's a lot of different techniques. The army has like forms where you can formally sit someone down, put it on paper. You know, this is what you're, this is the standard and you're not meeting the standard because you're doing this. Um, I need you to acknowledge that this is a negative counseling and, and that you make them sign it. And if they get too many of those, then, um, the, the military has its own like legal system called the uniform code of military justice. So certain actions are like, you can hold them legally accountable for not doing something. Um, sometimes that technique works, uh, other times it doesn't. So maybe you just need to kind of take that person in and see, Hey, what's, you know, going on in your personal life. That's like causing you to always be late or, you know, not beat the standard here. Um, what's unclear. So, you yeah, know, you kind of got to figure it out per person. Everyone's going to be unique. Yeah, individual basis. How do you define the line between a sergeant and a servant? You know, being, being, um, militant and being strict with the rules that you want to enforce, but also at the same time, making sure that you, that they understand that you're seeing eye to eye. 
Yeah, that's I guess, something I personally struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, having having employees. How can I make them feel like I'm on their team and we're playing for the same team? Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, assuming a certain level of dominance that I you're in, you're in charge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's difficult, and I guess you kind of have to try to look at, especially in the military. Everyone comes. We come from all over the country. Like they send people from all 50 states to one place for basic training, so that people have so many different cultural backgrounds, like family backgrounds. Some people didn't have a family back home. Some people came from like really rich families, and they just joined the army because they wanted to serve. And so, you kind of got to look at what's that person's motivation and background and then kind of come up with your strategy per person. Um, when it comes to certain things in the military, like you're going to be at this place at this time in this uniform, that needs to be like coming. I'm the platoon leader. Like you guys need to listen. This is the time you're going to be there. This is uh, what you're going to wear. And if you're not, then it's going to be, these are the repercussions and it's like standard across the board. And then if it comes to like more individual type stuff, then you kind of maybe use some of those other techniques. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to add anything to that? I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to respect. If you get the respect from those that are need to follow you and lead you, then they'll kind of give you that respect back. Mm-hmm. On our team, we have a super unique situation where we're all kind of different rankings, but we all are one team and we all lead and follow at different times. So part of being a leader is knowing when to follow and when to kind of say, hey, your idea might be better than mine. And I'll be the first to admit that. Mm-hmm. So you guys were uh, down here, obviously, for Wadapalooza. Uh, representing the U.S. Army on the warrior U.S. Army War- Warriors fitness team. Nice. Um, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. We got a long one, too. People always give us crap for when they have to write our emails out, and it's at hybrid performance method. Nine so, out of ten um, times we don't get the email because they write it. They spell something spell wrong. wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what, what's kind of your goal when you guys go to events like this? Uh, how does it help the recruitment process? Um, and is, this is a new initiative as well. It's part of the recruitment yeah, and process also, of the, mili- of you, the uh, you touched on it earlier before we started the podcast, but I'm sure the listeners would be interested to hear how this idea sort of came to fruition and, and how it's been going in the short period of time that you guys have been doing it. Yeah, I mean, part of being on this team is holding yourself to that high army standard at all times, whether we're warming up for our competition, whether we're interacting with the crowd, with athletes, um, between ourselves, kind of how we handle ourselves both in front of people and then also behind the scenes, I think is a big part of um, kind of just how we're always acting. Yeah. So I think uh, the program, like there were some high level generals that kind of got word. They got a word that there was some very high level competitors and like the sport of strongman, um, like Justin's teammate, uh, Sergeant Furman. He was on the Titan games with uh, Dwayne Johnson that got like a ton of viewers and the army. He didn't really even know at the time, like this guy's a soldier, like we should be marketing that guy. And they found out, oh, we have like very good CrossFit athletes too, like Chandler Smith and other like regionals level athletes out there that are doing their army job and they're also competing at like the highest levels of their sport so these generals wanted to leverage that for u.s army recruiting command so they about a year ago they put out a blast email to the the whole army basically saying you know if you're if you're participating in these sports and you have some sort of a reputable resume send it to this email and we're going to hold like a big tryout at fort knox and we did that last february so it's been um, basically a year ago um they took like 40 to 50 of of the people who sent in resumes to fort knox and they had basically a weekend competition hosted by the army and then from that uh 15 athletes were selected which stood up this program um our first event was last year at the uh, the arnold which is coming up uh 
You guys can be there again? We'll be there again. Uh, I won't be there personally. You're going to be there, right, Justin? No, I'm going to be school. Gabby's competing in our first, like, strongman, strongwoman competition. And then we have a team of... Yeah, uh, she was at the jump with you. And then um, we have a team of four guys competing. So that was our, like, first competition last year. And we won and made kind of a big splash. And so it was a good start for the program. And then this weekend was our kind of first competition at the, the highest levels of the sport of CrossFit. And... We end up finishing like eighth place in a field with like Rich Froning and both of his teams. And so the top guys in the sport and we didn't really know going in like how it would fare, but it was really positive. And we're going to try to like use that momentum rolling into the rest of the season so we can hopefully get a ticket to the CrossFit Games. And What's uh, the next competition for you guys? Um, so some of the girls, you guys are going to West Coast Classic and Chandler's yep. going there too, right? Yep. We have a team of three girls in the RX division for West Coast Classic, which is the end of March. So that'll be on next. Um, is that the next opportunity to qualify for the games? So the next opportunity will be the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Championship, and that's in Washington, D.C. in April. Um, and actually Chandler Smith, he's kind of like the probably the most notable CrossFit guy a part of this team he's gonna go team with me uh so it should our team should um have a lot of hype behind it especially after our performance this weekend and then jacob here he's uh gonna go individual and try to lock up an individual spot as well so we'll have a lot of representation there that's amazing very cool now let's talk about the real sports (laughs) 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 part of the recruiting is uh they took people for a powerlifting team and for a strongman team yes how does the powerlifting team work? So she does uh, powerlifting on the side. She's primarily a crossfitter. But it's just one person? Yes. So it's not really a team? No, she started out as... She got recruited as the as a crossfitter, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. was doing powerlifting and then kind of decided she wanted to do that, but still has to do crossfit. Um, okay. She went in to... Where was that? Sweden? Ireland. Uh, Ireland. Yeah. Ireland and did a powerlifting comp and... I guess set a world record uh, bench in her weight class. What'd you hit? It was a, was it a two? I'm not sure. Like two, 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 like two, two something, ten. Something Probably like nothing. Round it up, two fifteen. Probably nothing close to you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the the concept can grow, but it, since this is the first year of the program, our kind of job we were charged with is, hey, show that this is like a viable concept and go generate leads, like interact with the youth, show us that it's like worth putting money into. And then ideally, you know, the next year or two, it can grow. We can have more power lifters, like the program gets more money. So we get a better gym, like all that kind of stuff. So you were saying that while you're doing this recruit or helping out with recruitment, you guys are not really in, in service. Like you're, you're not, you don't have to work as a pilot, right? Yeah, everyone, we are all kind of in unique situations just because, like, obviously some of our jobs you have to, like, keep up with continuing education. But, like, right now I'm not currently flying, so I'm taking a break. And my my role for the team has been, like, operations officers. So I coordinate with, like, the cities that we're going to to get with the recruiters so we can go to high schools after the event. I get us signed up for the events and kind of plan out our, like, long-term schedule. Everyone kind of has unique jobs within the team. But that's my focus, like, while I'm here right now. I'll probably do it for two or three years and then the army will they're gonna like send me an email and say hey it's you're done having fun like it's time to come back and do what we trained you to do so hoping uh, that that email comes later rather than sooner but we'll see i was gonna ask if you were looking forward to that <laughs> that's amazing and um so so far what are your your thoughts on the recruitment process like is it working do you feel like the connections that you guys are creating with people at gyms and competitions are kind of like positively influencing and also how does it work so you go to the crossfit games 
you know, you shake hands and kiss babies and you do really well and people look up to you. And then what's the next step? Yeah. The competition side of it is definitely more like visible and like that, that can get us cool pictures and we get to, you know, pursue our passion of competing and stuff. But where like the rubber meets the road is going back to show the army, like we got 400 and kids like to fill out our iPads that say, you know, I'm requesting more information, general information on the army. So that's kind of our like metric that we go off of. So we'll go compete. And then like we did this weekend and then yesterday and today we visited like three or four high schools and we're in there like PE classes doing fitness challenges or just playing basketball with them and kind of do what we're doing right now. Tell them our background in the army. And, and so hopefully one of us, they can relate to and be like, wow, that sounds kind of like me. Um, maybe this would be, something worth looking into let's talk about the the opportunities that you guys have in the army so you guys were saying there's like 150 jobs available right mm-hmm. something so like it's that. pretty yeah, much like that. it's pretty much everything <clears throat> you guys have everything you can be an md you can be a pt you can be a Cairo, right yeah so on our team we have a neuroscientist who's one of three in the army that's doing like all kinds of amazing things, working with sports teams, traveling around the nation, doing seminars all the time. Um, she's cut, she's currently working on um, like going through a program to go to space and like study astronauts and do stuff like that. Wow. So that's pretty sweet. So yeah, even, even that, that route too. Yeah. Yeah. You do everything. That's amazing. Um, forgot what I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to take it? Well, you're just saying basically that there's uh an infinite number of oh, jobs. Oh, no, no. I wanted to ask, is there a certain age that that uh, recruiters are looking for or can people join the Army at any age? The cutoff age is 34. Okay. 34, yeah. So, um, I mean, really anywhere from like 17 to 34, but I think a good tar- target demographics like right out of high school up to like probably like 25 or so because you're still young, you know, you know, old. And- can you be deployed at 17? So, you can join at 17. You can't... I think officially be active duty until 18, but they have like a program where um, you can go between like your junior, senior year and go to basic training. So then as soon as you get out of high school, you can just go off to your duty station and okay. you're kind of like ahead of everybody else. Who graduated. What yeah. are the uh, fitness requirements? You were, you were saying a stat that really, I, I couldn't believe that 70% of people are pretty much uh, disqualified, disqualified or not eligible to join because of, because they don't have the fitness that's yeah, the largest the largest portion are denied due to obesity. That's like the largest portion. That's seventy percent. Um, wow. And so basically, after you show all this interest, you fill out a bunch of paperwork. The recruiter will take you to a MEP station, which is where you're going to get screened for like your medical background. They make you do a bunch of crazy tests. You're like, why are they looking at this? They make you like duck walk across the floor and um, like you know stick one hand up and balance on a leg or something. Really? And you never know if you pass or fail until it's like all over, and they're like, yeah, you know, you're going to be disqualified for this. You're like what? <laughs> um, so it's unfortunately like. Getting in can be very like restrictive, but then once you're in, it seems like sometimes it's hard. People, it's hard for them to get out. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, they gotta. It's hard for them to get out because they don't let you, or because just, you're loving it too much. Well, <laughs> well, once you get once you get in, it just sometimes even problem soldiers, it, t- it will take them forever to out process. A lot of people but, need that structure, and like they don't know what they're gonna do when they get out. They're like, well, what am I gonna do? You know, when you're in the army, like it's like. You're here at this time, here at this time. This is when you eat. This is when you're out of work. That's nice. Yeah, people need that. I like, like that. Like a lot of people. Yeah. 
So no one tells me what to do. <laughs> Honestly, it's good and bad. I'll start if you want. And that's <laughs> that's a, anyone but you. <laughs> that's like a big part of it too. I think a lot of people think like, oh, I joined the army. That's what I'm doing the rest of my life. But you can use the army as a springboard for so much. Like if you're in the army for three years and then you get out. You have access to like the GI Bill, which you can take that GI Bill to any school, a trade school, a college, flight training, and like it gets 100% paid for. So like I use my GI, I'm in the army still, but I use my GI Bill to pay for a master's degree. And I just like did that on the side. Like there's, it opens up so many doors. That's amazing. I have a question for you. So 70% of people are, are not able to get in due to physical. No, just uh, That's just obesity. Right? Uh, 70% is how many of like today's 17 to like 22 year olds are disqualified largest portion of the 70 percent is obesity okay, gotcha. okay i see is there any program that's like a pre-training to the to applying yeah so uh different recruiting stations uh the different recruiters they'll have uh they'll do things like that like but that's more like on the recruiters that's not really like something that the army like is established uh something specific like but a lot of times recruiters will be like, okay, um, they'll have a group of people that they're trying to, like, they'll have a certain date that they want them to, like, go to MEPS or sign. And then the people that they have, they're like, okay, this is the time that we have to get you into this type of shape and to be able to pass, you know, the height and weight before you guys go to your MEPS station. So that's, like, kind of how that goes. Um, I know that's how it was for me. I had, there was, like, a group of three or four of us. And they had a date that they wanted us to do, to sign our contract and, like, go to MEPS and do all that. And every like every other day we would be, you know, we'd show up here at like a certain time and they would like we would do PT and then they would kind of teach us like uh, some army stuff like the army uh, physical training, like, you know, being in formation and doing that stuff. So but that's not like an army thing. That's more just like a specific recruiting station. Cause these recruiters like they have like requirements you know you got to get this many kids in you know this month so th if they have a guy they thinks close they can like whip them into shape quick enough and they can be another number for them you know they'll work closely with them with a fitness program to like get the weight loss so they can go and, and join mm -hmm. would you say that recruiters recruiters struggle with getting the the amount that they need of For, people to get into the, to the to service? Yeah, I was actually talking to the one of the recruiters today. He was telling me um, a lot of a lot of people like they they do the MEPS and what happens is you go to a hotel and then uh, the next morning the bus takes you to the MEPS station and then like you fly. What's up. MEPS stand for? Uh, I'm gonna ask that. It's probably like <laughs> I military. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's how I know it. MEPS. So it's just how it is. Yeah, we have all these acronyms yeah, that no one knows what they actually mean. <laughs> they just. Like, everybody knows the acronym. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Military Entrance Processing Station. That makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, you learned something new. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know that either. Um, I was thinking, is there a reason or is this a possibility for the military to outsource that process, that training process to, like, a, a certified training facility? So, say if hybrid became a certified training facility, they did the initial process of recruiting, so they have identified a group of... 15, 20 people who are like about to make the cut. And instead of you guys wasting your time having to having to pre-train something for the actual uh, recruitment process, mm -hmm. you outsource it to a certified facility. You keep them here for two months or whatever that is. And then you send them back so that they can do their, their application. Well, they have things like that for like special forces, like things. So uh, like Green Berets, they have a program called, it's 18 X-ray, like, and it's called SOPSI. I don't know what that stands for, so I don't But they go to the actual, uh, like, camp, and the, those kids will train for selection 
for like a month or so and then they'll actually go to selection so they have like some programs like that already but i don't know if they would do that for like the general army or yeah, anything like that i don't know if you've heard of like the thor program um they have like an exclusive contract with army sf so they're kind of working that there's there's a whole another section of the army called acquisitions and their job is to kind of like write contracts for the army so the goal i guess would be for some commander to work with an acquisitions officer to like work with your gym to um write a con- an exclusive government contract saying like you know the u.s army can work with hybrid performance training and and uh and train people that way it's kind of over my head because it's higher ranking people be, doing it it would be such so. a cool idea though if you had like a it u.s would. army warrior fitness uh team affiliates mm-hmm. that were just people who are trusted who were vetted by the army and then you know you have them in all the big cities and then you can just take these people who are kind of like on the fence of being able to pass the fitness test mm-hmm. and like not really have to to worry yep. about manpower yourself right. to do it if yeah. someone would tap into that, I mean, that would be huge, especially now with the PT test changing to the ACFT, which is more kind of mm-hmm. your deadlift, your CrossFit. I did that, I puked after. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. yeah. So which part? Wow. Uh, the, the shuttle. Oh, uh, sprint thing. drag. Carry. What, yeah. what was did you finish score? It? I did it in one, a minute and 27 seconds. Okay. Did you finish the whole test after still? Uh, we only had to do the push-ups after. Oh, okay. But I actually, I... Did I puke after the push-ups? Puked after the push-ups. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you puked after the push-ups. Yeah, I was fine. I just tried too hard, you know? <laughs> hey, in our defense... And we just jumped out of a freaking said, plane. Yeah, look, hey. You said 127? We just jumped out of a plane. Yeah. That's pretty all right? fast, though. We've never I- done that before. <laughs> so uh, here I am thinking I'm just going to go jump and like leave and then, you know, take a hot bath kind of thing. <laughs> oh, no. I jumped and they were like, all right, that's uh, activity one out of 47 that we're going to do today. I'm like, all yeah. right. Skydiving was cool. the, the hook. And then they're yeah. like, now you're, now you're going to do the whole so the fitness test and everything else. straight after that, I take my suit off. And immediately after that, we go into all the drills. So there was like a <laughs> drill where you had to put on a uniform, put on a helmet, Boy, take a picture nice. on a truck, whatever. <laughs> and then there was a fitness test right after. My head was still spinning from the, from the jump. They were really uh, awesome. concerned, I think, because, you know, the whole point is to make the the army seem attractive and friendly and whatever. And then there's me just going way too hard, <laughs> vomiting. They had the whole me- the, the medical staff there being like, oh, my God, are you OK? Take this, take that. I'm like, guys, I'm fine. I just like oh, I'm man. just a try hard. You can rally. <laughs> awesome. oh Get the demons out. Yeah. <laughs> What else? Tell me, tell me, tell me a story. Something. A story? Yeah, give me something. I'm out of stories. You did something cool recently. Oh, how, how many of you guys have been deployed? So you have not. I have. You have? I have, you have not. I have not. You have not. What is it like? Great. <laughs> um, so, like, I guess everyone's deployment story is going to be very unique to them and their unit and, you know, the time period that you were there. Uh, when did you get deployed? I was in Afghanistan from uh, 2015 to, like, the end of 2016. And I mean, it's kind of been on a, the, that country has kind of been the same for the last few years now where I felt like we have a set number of troops there. So there's like only so much help we could have. So obviously my job is to take, I was in charge of three helicopter crews that provide medevac services for like a, there's like a 40 nautical mile ring and I'm in the middle. So anything that happened within that circle, I was responsible for. Um, And so what would happen is like it would be very active in like one part of the country. So they'd say, Hey, Captain Harris, take your three helicopters and go stage up here for like two months. And so we'd like hunker down in like, uh, we'd usually just live on like an Afghan 
like one of their Afghan army fobs. So like where the Afghan army is, we'd like cohabitate with them. And then um, we'd go do our calls, bring, bring them back to the surgical team. When people got hurt, the majority of the people we picked up are Afghan army. So that's probably like a big misconception is like the last few years, it's mostly just special operations and like Rangers out operating, but they work in tandem with like the Afghan army. So our main role there is like train and advise and assist the Afghans. So ideally they could take over and like manage things in the country themselves. So we're there trying to like help them get their feet under them. Uh, the problem is they're like kind of slow learners and not necessarily all of them are super committed. Um, that's why it's, it's kind of been tough, like getting out of that country. But is it, is it well received? Like, are they grateful to have you guys there? Or is it a mixed sort of bag in terms of, I mean, just from my attitude. personal experience, they were, people were grateful. Like, um, they wanted us there. Like we were obviously, we're providing the firepower, providing like medical support. Like we're providing a lot of stuff they couldn't do on their own. So my experience with everyone was always positive, but the issue we would have is like stuff would be very active in one area and they'd send me there and then it was like plug in a hole. So then down here where I just left got really busy and then the next month they tell me to go back there and then like a month later I'm going back to that original spot and right. it's it can be like very frustrating um, because you just felt like you were plugging holes. But at the end of the day, like the mission was super rewarding and I helped, you know, we helped save a lot of people and that was what I got into it to do. So, um, regardless of the politics, like that was my mission and, uh, I had a super, like, it was a super rewarding experience and something I'll carry with me, obviously the rest of my life. And, and just like to hit on the fitness side a little bit, like it would, I had to like be very innovative with, with my training because Af the Afghan bases don't have like great gyms or anything. So I have like funny pictures of just like picking up logs and just random stuff. And, you know, that can train the Afghans how to like pick up things properly. So it kind of all tied in together. And I was able to like always keep that with me no matter what I was doing in the army. So, How often do you have to pass a fitness test? So once you're in, then how do you how do they monitor that everyone's staying in, in shape? Yeah. So like two times a year, every soldier is responsible for um, taking the army PT tests, uh, which for the past like 20 to 30 years has been you do two minutes of as many pushups as you can do, two minutes of as many sit ups as you can do. And then you run two miles and there's like minimum standards and then maximum standards for all that. And that's um, the old fitness. Test. That's the old. So this October, it officially changes to the army combat fitness test, which is a six event test um, that measures like yeah soldiers have to deadlift they have to do um like what's the weight for the girls for the deadlift it's the same uh, as for the guys it's, right no. I thought, oh yeah it is you're right yeah there's no gender for the it's new three, test. It's 360 it's three i love that though That's no it's not 360 it's like 340 there's no way i can do a single rep after i run two miles well it's no. not no. the, the deadlift is the first event no chance hey you can no chance the deadlift, the deadlift is the first event yep you so you it's deadlift and then it's the ball throw and then it's oh no Deadlift, push-ups, ball throw. It's the deadlift and then the standing power throw. So you'll take uh, a 10-pound ball, okay, throw it behind you as far as you can. Uh, then you'll do the hand-release push-ups. Um, sprint drag carry. Sprint drag carry. And the, then the leg tuck, leg tuck where you got to hang from a bar and bring your knees up to your elbows. And two-mile run. Uh, and then the two-mile run. And they happen pretty quickly after each other to where it can, it can be a smoker. Especially for... 
these people who've been in the army like 10, 15, 20 years, um, they've gotten very good at meeting the minimum standard at the two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, two mile run. They know they're going to have to do That's it twice so a year. And th- yeah, they just have trained their body no matter how out of shape they are. They can pass that test. But this is like throwing such a big wrench and like the old t- like guys who've been in a lot longer are like deadlift like what is that and like i'm they're very intimidated by a lot of it so, so what happens if you don't pass while you're in the army you, you, suspended? you normally have to do like so if you don't pass the first time um you'll retake it uh maybe like a month later or so and i think you get like two or three chances and then you will be put on a you'll be counseled and put on a profile and um then you have i think up to six months to pass it um after that then they will start your uh, UCMJ to kick you out because you can't meet the standards. And a lot of time, the unit itself will put you on like a remedial PT program mm-hmm. where you'll do PT before the actual morning PT and then like usually at night. And that'll be run by one of the, you know, the, the leaders and they'll figure out which event you struggle on and then they'll make sure that the soldiers are, you know, doing what they need to do to make sure they can pass it the next time they take it. And that's where like the army can kind of start taking your time away from you. So some people who get out of the military, they have like a really negative view of their time in the army, maybe because they weren't such high achievers. Cause if you weren't passing your PT test, then they put you on remedial PT. Now all of a sudden you're waking up at five to do PT. And yeah. then after work at like 5 PM, you're going to do yeah. PT again and you don't have a choice. Like you have to go do that. Uh, Cause the, in the army you can, like if I'm a higher rank than you, I can lawfully tell you you have to be somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that can make someone's life pretty miserable. But, but it's it's you good have though. It's important, right? You need a, a requisite level of fitness yeah, to absolutely. do certain jobs. Mm-hmm. And I love you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the way it was explained to me was each individual job has a different requisite score on right. that that new fitness yeah. test. Yes, and it's not scaled to gender, which I also think is awesome. So it's just mm-hmm. like this is what's required for X, Y, or Z job, mm-hmm. and if you don't meet it. You have to go through all those other yeah. steps. The yep. best example of it I always thought of is like in my helicopter crew, I'll have I have two pilots, I have a medic and I have a crew chief. And sometimes I have like an army doctor in the back as well. And if my helicopter were to go down, like be outside of a base um, and we all have to like, you know, ruck back to the nearest base or like call for help or something i need to make sure i like i need to be able to trust that you're going to be able to keep up with us and go otherwise you're like a liability for all of us in like a dangerous place so it's it's super important so when they first started rolling out the new fitness test people just well it's not rolled out yet it's It's october it comes this year is like this year is the test year so you can take either one this year in october it's mandatory Mandatory. to take the so we took a little we took uh, a class on i don't know you took it too, right? Out of the grading. So I, uh, I actually took that test uh, like a couple months ago, and we were actually, uh, they had like a little thing at Knox. How did well, you do? Uh, I almost maxed out of it, but I went a little slow on the run. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty hard. Like, it is hard. Yeah, it was super difficult. I thought the the push-ups and the leg tuck were like actually pretty hard. You know yeah. what was difficult for me with the, the push-ups? The push-ups are so hard. I'm not uh, super mobile, so like. I was literally just fatiguing my rear delt so much, yeah. just trying to get my yeah. hands off the ground. It was like just yeah. as hard as the actual push-up. The push-ups are two minutes. Two minutes. Mm-hmm. They only had us do we did one, one minute. minute. Just for the record, so I got the same amount of reps as he <laughs> You did. Forty-five. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a lot. You yeah. Did Forty-five in a minute. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, that, that's yeah, that's really, really good. good. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I think sixty is maxing, so you would have probably maxed. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah I there think it's go. good. A good change because there's a lot of people in the military who. Like everybody likes to run in the military because they don't like to lift weights or don't know what they're doing with it. 
So this is going to force them to so do more. That was going to be my question. Yeah. So now you guys know what the test is going to be. How are most people prepared? You guys have an understanding of fitness, so you're fine. But how about people who just were not exposed to that, like the older people that don't mm -hmm. deadlift, that don't know how to train functionally, that just don't know? Yeah, is there like a those program guys have, to get them to pass or what? Especially those guys who have been in it for a long time, they're a little bit older. Who yeah. knows if they can even do one deadlift yeah. at 360, you know? Yeah, so who's training them? So we have um, the gyms on base. Most every uh, installation has one or two gyms and they're all putting together programs to help people like either in the morning or at night and they'll have classes working on like all the events. Plus um, they do like with your morning PT, uh, PT hours. There's a lot of people that are transitioning to instead of just running miles on end, going to the gym and trying to trying out these new things and trying to prepare for pass at least passing it coming up so. so they bought in bulk too like uh the actual equipment used for the pt test so they like they're sending out all these packages with each piece of equipment to like every unit so like the equipment will be uh available to people so they can like test it out and feel it out and actually use that the stuff that'll be used in the test yeah there's a website too that kind of details the aren't the new acft and it gives like offers like six week training programs to like get you ready for it and things like that and then one of the things we do on the team is on our instagram channel we'll usually do like fitness tip friday which m majority of our viewers honestly are people already in the military so it's kind of been a another thing we've tried to take upon ourselves is show people a few techniques you know especially like females for the leg tuck um, that's been like one of the biggest hinges that a lot of females cannot you know hang on the bar and get their knees to their elbow so we like everyone knows going in like we've got to develop like female core strength and that's going to be a big like uh thing that gets people is what we've seen so far we should do the other pieces of the fitness test today yeah not a it's it's a two mile run he's an official grader so he can one. grade you guys yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i'll grade you let's skip the two mile run <laughs> yeah. maybe skip the shuttle too no, okay yeah because you we have a perfect the turf for the shuttle. Well, just anything running or just fine no actually yeah let's do the shuttle no way are you guys really gonna do it so let's skip the shuttle why i puked last time i want another go i want to give her another go you know what i'm saying all right we'll talk i hope you guys do I yeah, no, see I'm it. gonna do. I'm gonna do. It. <laughs> do you, how many deadlifts you get, Rachel? I have actually not done the new PT test I'm the only yet, but I definitely could run faster than Jacob. Yeah, so I would, I would max the. But run. she's been getting slower lately. So <laughs> Rachel is a freak runner, like very, very. Fast. I've been catching up to her. Uh, What's your best mile time? <laughs> so we did the 1500 back in college, and it was 440. Which is a hundred meters less than uh, a mile. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, sub so sub five minute mile yeah. for sure. That's insane. So even of all the guys on the team, um, Rachel's the best runner. So we do we run a lot. Um, this is part of our sport, and Rachel puts us to shame every single time. <laughs> Well, that's really cool. I don't run at all. I've been catching. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do sort of. Just you have implements. Yeah, in a lot shorter distance. Yeah, he runs yeah, with heavy yeah. weights. Yeah, I have a mini heart attack in like thirty seconds. And <laughs> I'm sure you're in a lot better shape than the like the top level heavyweight strongmen. Those guys. We went Probably. to World's Strongest Man in uh, Bradenton, Florida. Oh, yeah, because it was here. It's actually here again this year, which is kind of cool. But. Uh, Almost all of them literally needed to have an oxygen mask <laughs> yeah. on their face immediately after finishing an event. It was insane. Yeah, that's crazy. So, How did they sleep at night? CPAP. CPAP machines. Oh <laughs> or hooked up to oxygen. Who knows? Maybe or in a lazy boy, just like zero gravity. <laughs> oh my God. It's bad. Justin, what's your best at lift? Uh, 700. 
somewhere hopefully over that now. These. Yeah, I'm shooting for eight. Here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What um okay before we move on to our, our, our last segment. So before we end the podcast, we always end with a Florida man story. I don't know if you guys have, have heard our podcast. So you have anything, but not yet. Okay, no, okay. So look 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 it up while we while we do the closing thoughts. So main goal of this podcast was to introduce our listeners to the different opportunities that exist in the military also introduce you guys to four amazing uh soldiers that are actually real people participate in sports and have their own thoughts <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> so yeah just just we wanted to to give them an opportunity to talk and uh make themselves more relatable do you guys have like anything that you want to add as far as like the recruitment process goes or i don't know anything, anything. that you want Anything? People to know about what you guys do and yeah. what and what sort of opportunities are available. Yeah, just um, that you know the army is. We've hit it so many times, but it really has a an opportunity for everybody. Kind of what are your interests, and then we can usually peg that to one of 150 job opportunities available. Um, and follow our team on Instagram. Uh, we travel, we're going to be traveling a lot this year, uh, competing in a bunch of different sports. And, um, if you're at any of the events, feel free to come say hi. Hopefully we're going to have a bunch more of these t-shirts to give away soon. Um, and, uh, we'll be at the high schools. So feel free to reach out to us there. And I just want to say, uh, thank you so much Seth, for, and uh, Hayden for having us, um, let us come share thank the story you, uh, with you guys. Thanks for doing it. We're, uh, we're not saying goodbye yet. No, no. I know. But <laughs> what, you have something before Florida, man? Yeah, well, the goodbyes are after Florida, man. True. I don't know what you're doing. Well, I wanted to see where they could. You said find, find their uh, team on Instagram, so what I want to know what the team what, is. My last question, I, I actually wanted to ask this. What happens if there's someone who doesn't want to be deployed, but, like, wants to be a part of it? Yeah, so... And wants to train, like, is interested... For example, is that, I'm yeah, super is that interested in the physical aspect, okay. and I'd be super yeah. interested in being a part of it, but <laughs> I absolutely don't think I have what it takes to be deployed. Yeah, so... We try to veer away from telling, like, when we're at schools and stuff, This it's a cool thing what we're doing. Like, we're obviously kind of, like, living the dream of being athletes and we're in the Army, but we're not recruiting saying, hey, join the Army so you can be on the Army fitness team. Like, right. you got to join the Army and, like, be a soldier. And then, you know, maybe this will be an opportunity down the road, especially if the program grows. But that's not, like, we're not recruiting from the streets to athletes on the team. Right. We have to recruit from within the military. Um, as far as if you're not willing to deploy like yeah i'll be honest with you like the military's role is to build readiness so that we can go respond to uh the world's problems when the president of the united states says it's time to respond so if you're not willing to deploy then maybe the military isn't the right option for you that's fair just crushed my dream <laughs> you, just want the, yeah, right. you just want the uniform you just want to look cool exactly i just want the swag you know but there's I mean? so many ways even deployed like they're like and you can there's literally hospitals like in afghanistan on bagram air base like there's an optometrist there that her job is to to see patients and and just like rachel does here stateside so like there's a lot more ways to serve and deploying isn't always what people think of it as you right. know? Yeah, you, you, you're you not necessarily going to be in combat yep. right you can deployed. still be deployed and not be in combat mm -hmm. like not be mm -hmm. shooting people <clears throat> and getting shot yeah, yeah exactly. like everybody thinks of deploying to like the middle east because that's all you ever hear about right but like we went to a training exercise in south korea south korea yeah, that's yeah we point. were there for 45 days and did some training and then we went out and like seoul and all that stuff and mm -hmm. it was awesome Jacob and was in South Korea for a year. I was in, yeah, South yeah. Korea for a year. And even, yeah. So cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I met a lot of cool people, learned some of the language. 
Actually, some of uh, the, his friends from South Korea were competing yeah. at Wadapalooza yeah. this no. weekend. Yeah. So we were like very cool friends with the Korean I was team. like explaining all the workouts to them. Yeah, it was pretty cool <laughs> to see him again. Yeah. In Korean, you explained it? No, I I had to like act it out and like talk like a caveman for them to understand me. And even some of the people that don't want to deploy, I've heard them come back and say it was like the greatest thing they experienced and they learned so much about who they were as a person and... So it's even if you, you see it as a bad thing, maybe you go and then you come back and you see it as a good thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like why people love traveling is to broaden, you know, your scope of of get outside of just your little bubble. And it definitely did that for me. And so we have uh, a lot of actually people in, in different parts of the military on the hybrid program because we work with uh, around 10,000 people online. And uh you, you can almost always tell because if it's like a place like Japan or where else, like on a boat, Qatar, or like just things or on a boat. On yeah. They'll put us there. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, uh, <laughs> it is really cool. And then there's like a little community within our community. That's all the people who are like in the military and stuff, which I think is, that's awesome. is really neat. Cool, yeah. But the, the interest in fitness is there. So I think what you guys are doing is really cool. Mm-hmm. And okay. Florida man story. <laughs> what so, do you have? I got Florida man sends hospital bed on fire to get nurses' attention because <laughs> he felt like he was give, being ignored by the nurses in there. How, what did he have to set it on Anxiety fire? Anxiety problem. A what? He set a bag on fire. But like, what did he? How? He How had, did he have brought a lighter, a lighter in and his? Just uh, had a lighter. Did he? What's it? What's it called? Did he keister it <laughs> to get it in? It <laughs> 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 Jesus, man. Uh, we need to do further research on this one. I had, um, when I was working at the hospital for one of my rotations in school, I had a guy, obviously he wasn't very red in his mind, but I remember walking into his room and he had just smeared his poop everywhere. Mm. Like, that's what he did because he he was screaming, no one was coming in, and I feel like that was, like, retaliation. You probably, you probably saw a lot of the people who end up in these Florida man <laughs> stories after the fact yes. when they end up in the hospital. Absolutely. What else? I got another one. So, this is a Florida woman. I think it's her Ooh. first Florida woman. Wow, that's right. I like it. Uh, she quit her full-time job to breastfeed her 36-year-old boyfriend full-time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. She quit her full-time job to breastfeed her 36-year-old boyfriend full-time. How, where full-time. was he getting the milk from? <laughs> from her. She was just lactating was- randomly? I don't think that's a doctor. Something's not adding up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's early. Like winners. Is that possible? possible? You can't lactate randomly. Can you? Can you? I've never heard of that. On command? (laughs) Can I? No. Can you? Don't you just squeeze? Don't you just squeeze and it. No? <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> that's like I feel like that's how like uh like guys as a kid thinks it works. Probably. You just fire it up whenever you want. Honestly, that's sickening. Oh man. But um, hey, this is Florida. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important part of our segment, you know. It's it's, it's part, part of, of our culture. It's part of the know? history of this great state. Amazing one. <laughs> hey, it had it has its goods, its bads. It's interesting. Wait, what's what's a quote? Good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. I hate that one when people use it. Now you're For part, no you're, reason you're at p- all. You're part of the problem. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so um, when do people find you guys? Yeah, what's uh, all of your individual social medias if you have it and also the uh, team for people who want to follow along? Yeah, the, the team handle is uh, at US Army Warrior Fit. Um, they used to be fitness team and they dropped the miss in the team. So it's US Army Warrior Fit. <laughs> cool. And then 
my personal is BA Harris nine zero. Mine's a uh, PF four FF underscore G. What's wrong with you guys? It's <laughs> my last name. You're supposed to make it easy. That is easy. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, mine's underscore Justin Loy. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty simple. And mine's just R Shribe. <laughs> nice. You, you can, um, if you like Google U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team, the first thing that comes up is the USAREC, which is U.S. Army Recruiting like page for us. And it's got all the athletes on there, their pictures and like a bio. So you can see like what they've done in the Army and, and what they compete in and stuff too. So that's a good website for general knowledge about the team. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you, guys. you so yeah, much. Thank you for having it was us. amazing to, to meet all of you. You're wonderful people. Thank you. And uh, well, you're going to kick our asses now at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. All right. <laughs> thank you guys. Bye.